Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 and 14. We'll start off with these, this verse, and then we're going to read another verse in Hebrew, chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Let's read this verse. Genesis 15, 13, and 14. And let's just work these scriptures a little bit, these verses. Let's read it together. And he said to Abraham, Know certain that your descendant will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. Verse 14. And also the nation whom they serve, will I? Will I what? You got to say it with me. Will I what? Judge. Very important word, okay? Keep that in mind. God is saying, I will judge that nation. I will do it. We'll see how he judges. Afterward, they shall come out with, with what? Great abundance, riches, substance. That's what God said. This is talking about Israel. God's people, when they were entering, they were in Egypt for 400 years. They came out of Egypt headed through a wilderness into the promised land. But they came out with great substance. That's what Egypt offered them. They didn't receive that from God. They received that from Egypt. God has something greater for them. Oh, you guys are not hearing me. Yeah, God gave them riches, and that's what we do. We still believe we still believe this. Don't judge me for it because I'll prove it with scripture, okay? I only, you only judge me if I don't have a verse to back up what I'm saying. Is that fine? Only judge me. But don't point out unless you see, us, unless you see that I'm just saying something that's uh, not backed up by scripture. I love to back up everything that comes out of my mouth with a verse. And not just a verse in the Old Testament. I like to take you to the New Testament and prove it. Because we're under new covenant with better promises. And a new high priest. The Bible says this in Proverbs. Just listen to this verse. God, I'm paraphrasing, have saved up or kept for us the riches of the wicked. It was reserved for us and given it to the righteous. I want you to see something very powerful. We quote this. And notice the verse. It's saying, I love it in Spanish. Porque Dios, esto para los latinos. Ha reservado la riqueza del impío o el pecador para el justo. That's a good verse. Man, I stood on that verse for years to one day. Just one day reading the word of God. God said, listen to me. Stop living on the preceding word and live on the proceeding word. And like that, God spoke that to me, and I read 2 Corinthians 5.21, and it says, He who knew no sin became sin that we might become. Oh, so he became what the world was, sinners, that he might die in sin, resurrect, and give us righteousness. That means that the, what was reserved for the righteous that was in the sinner's hand was given to us after the cross. So it's really yours, it's not theirs. 
You just didn't know that he already obtained it through the resurrection. It's already mine. Why we keep leaning on the world to give when we possess everything that was in the world? God gave it to us. We just don't know how to take control of it or possess it. That's all it is, but it's already yours. It's been given to you. So la riqueza del pecador está reservada para el justo, pero el que no conoció pecado, Dios lo hizo pecado para que nosotros fuésemos justicia de Dios en él. So if I'm righteous, it's mine. It's not theirs, it's mine. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That means heaven is already yours. You just don't know it's yours. You're waiting to go up and Jesus is saying, I'm waiting to come down. Can you bring me down? We quote the book of Revelation in the chronological order that is written as the last book in the New Testament. If you believe that, then you got to go to Je Je uh, Revelation 21.1. It says, and I saw new heavens and new earth descending. So God will always want to bring heaven down to earth. It's just up to you. It's not up to God. It's up to you. The promises are yes and amen, but through us. It's not. No, he said through you. What do you mean? I, the promises are yes. 2 Corinthians 1.20 are yes and amen, but it's up to you. They're only going to manifest through you. Don't question me about it. I told you it's yours. Are you guys here? We might end up jumping in two parts with this because maybe, maybe not. Because once we, talk, we start talking, the Holy Spirit starts adding and bringing things. Into, so now, this verse is important. Let me get off this verse. This verse is talking about Israel being in captivity. He's prophesying to Abraham through a vision and telling him, Abraham, after the covenant, this is what's going to happen. This is the covenant we're making. Your people will, your descendant will abide in the earth, in Egypt, for 400 years in captivity. But when they come out, they'll come out with great substance. Okay? I want you to know that. We know what happened. We know they came out 430 years later. Not 400 years, 430. We can't get into detail, but I'll prove it with scripture. 430 years later, they came out. That means that Moses decided to say, hey, listen, maybe let me see if I can prove to them that I'm a Hebrew and I'm the deliverer. No, you're not the deliverer. You're just a tool. So Moses ended up killing an Egyptian before the Jews and the Jews rose up and say, hey, man, you want to murder us like you did the Egyptian? Moses got scared and fled. And he was in the wilderness 40 years when he only had, a, had to stay just another 10 in Egypt, get the throne and give the world to the Israelites. They were going to possess Egypt. Today we possess the Egypt, the world, only because of the cross. That's why when you read Revelations chapter 11, it says that Jesus was crucified in Egypt. What do you mean in Egypt? I thought it was Jerusalem. Egypt, because I died to take the world that Moses couldn't give to the people. You guys are here? You guys are so quiet, man. Why are you guys so quiet? There's silence in this place. Well, the Bible says that the wise shh, keep silent. So you guys are wise. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Look at this verse. And we'll connect this at the end. I just want to talk about some simple Hebrew words, okay? That's going to prove what our pastor has been prophesying according to Colossians 1 and 11. What is it? The year of strengthening. What we need to understand is God's going to raise up people that are not known as the strength. People you don't know. People that are 
undercover, people that are poor, people that are nothing. God's going to raise them up to do something that we are going to understand today. That's so powerful. Watch this. Hebrew 4 1 says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering into what? So there's a promising, a promise that remains to enter in. That doesn't mean you're not in. It just means that it seems like you haven't obtained it because you haven't believed. You got to see this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem, say seem. It only seems like you have not obtained it. You come short of it. Why? Why it seems like we are not resting. Remember, resting is so important in the Bible. And I'm going to tell you before I read the next verse, why is it important? The Bible says the first time that God said, use the word rest, is in Genesis chapter 2. And it says in verse 2 and 3, and God blessed the seventh day, say seven. Seven day because in it he rested. He blessed seven because he rested. Notice here this. This is important. The word blessed means authority to prosper in the Hebrew. So God's giving you authority to prosper when you enter into that place of rest. You can only rest to prosper. You can't prosper to rest. Because you got if you made your prosperity or your wealth, you're going to have to what? Try to keep it. But if you enter into rest, then you can prosper and he keeps you. I want him to keep me. So I want to enter rest so I can exercise my authority and then prosper. Because now I know I'm kept by him. Remember, Adam converted the garden into a graveyard. Jesus took the graveyard and converted it into a garden. That he keeps now. Because the first Adam, God told him, keep it and guard it. Guard means protect from an intruder in the Hebrew. Jesus appears in the garden... Two women see him, and they thought, I thought you were the gardener. I am the gardener. Yeah, I'm the gardener. What I did is I took that garden that became death, a cemetery, and I converted it into paradise for you. Ain't that what Jesus said on the cross to the thief? Today you will be the man said, hey, Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Jesus said, I will. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Wait, wait, I said kingdom. I'm trying to let you know. That that paradise that was lost, that was converted into death, I'm going to convert into life. And you'll be in it today. That sounds good, huh? How hard it is to believe that. This is the promise to enter. It only seems like you have not. Look at verse 2. And this is the reason why we've not entered. Or seems like we're not entered into that place for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them but the word which they heard did not profit them not be mixed with faith in those who heard it wait but it only seemed like they didn't they didn't enter why because the gospel was preached to them and maybe they didn't pay attention to the gospel that was being preached faith comes by hearing and in the word. Now, you got to get this. That's logos. That's the word logos. That's not rema. Faith comes by hearing rema. That means the logos must become rema. Logos is just the word of God. Rema is the revealed word of God that becomes a sword out of the mouth of men that will divide. God used 
Rema to divide. He didn't use logo to divide. He used Rema to divide because it becomes a sword out of the mouth of man. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? This is what we use. Logos is important. He created with logos. But Rema is the manifestation of what he's spoken. You need the manifestation. Don't just say it, brother. Let me meditate on it that it might become. The word must become. Jesus was always the logos of God until he became. Flesh. When he became flesh, the remnant's here. That's why he could never be overcome by the enemy. Why? Because, listen, logos, according to the word, the Bible says that our traditions could convert the word logos without effect. Make it without none effect. In other words, logos don't have the power that Rema has. There's not one verse in the Bible that says that Rema could be neutralized by our tradition. But it says that traditions can make the word logos unfruitful. Powerful, huh? So we see based on these two verses that the promise to enter is there, but it only seems like we haven't obtained it, talking to the Hebrews. Why? Because you're not paying attention to what's being spoken. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word. So when you hear the word logos, it must be processed within you and become a rema. So it can be enlightened. Once it's enlightened, you use it as a sword to fight against anything that comes against you. Because now you have a word. Not the word that you spoke, it's the word that I speak. The word that you spoke that I received became a rema. I can speak logos, which I don't. I speak rema. Because I'm speaking what was revealed to me. Why? Because you're called to be edified. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teachers, they're called for what? To the edifying of the body of Christ. So if edifying is for the body of Christ, then edification comes through what? Through rema. So even though it's a logos to you, what comes out of my mouth is a rema from me. Are you guys understanding? I need you to understand this. This is important. Okay, now let's start breaking this down. Let's see some things that are, I think are important. God spoke something very powerful to me years ago. Uh, well, not years ago, at the beginning of the year. But um, last year, we struggled, man, with this COVID thing going on, right? We, we just struggled. Everybody went through chaos, man. It was tremendous crises. Churches was closed. A bunch of churches even closed down, man. That was terrible. So this really affected the body of Christ and affected the world. Many, so, so many people were troubled and suffered and worried about what's going to happen next. And we know that. We grieved for people that passed away, people that we knew, that we heard of, you know, people that, you know. And um, so I know it wasn't easy. It was a struggle that went on in the world. In the beginning of the year, the Lord started speaking to me something very profound and powerful. And I remember one day I was in the middle of the night. The Lord wakes me up to give me the messages in the middle of the night. That's how God works with me. So I adapted my life to praying and so forth and just, you know, it's just the way I do it. Everybody does it differently, right? Someone get, some, some of you might get on your knees. Others might lay in bed. Hey, David laid on the floor. You know, Paul spoke about on your knees. It doesn't matter how you do it. The thing is do it. It doesn't matter. God's not telling you you must do it this way. No, you do it how you feel. You should do it and just speak to him. He's just seeking the heart. Let's talk. He wants intimacy with us. That's all he wants. He's just looking for that 
intimate relationship between him and us. Now watch this. So reading Psalms 119 one day, I'm reading in the middle of the night, the Lord, and I say, okay, Lord, what is this? I'm not reading this chapter. I mean, this is me talking to God. I say, you're my father. This is a lot, man. It's early in the morning. This is a hundred and almost 180 some verses. Come on, man. So I decided to read the last stanza, the last paragraph in the Psalms, which is there's 22. And if you notice, 22, I was just entering the year 2022. So I said, okay, Lord, 22, you want me to preach this? Oh, yeah, you want me, what is it? So something just burst it, and it was in the subtitle of each of those stanza or, or paragraphs in Psalms 119, which are 22. The first letter is the letter Aleph, which is the first letter of the 22 Hebrew letters in the alphabet, Hebrew alphabet. So the last one is the letter Tav, T-A-V. So I said, okay, Lord, the last. So I started focusing on the letter. I said, you know what? Let me do a little word study here on this letter because this keeps like, you know, bursting out of the Bible. You know, when you read a verse and suddenly it just opens up and you're like, oh, my God, what are you trying to say, Lord? So I started digging in. You know, I love studying the Bible. I'm very studious when it comes to the word. And I said, I, got, I have to know the truth because we've been lied to so many years. You know, I mean, people lie with words. And the sad thing about it is so most of us have been lied to. We've been lied to. You know, I've been lied to. Our parents lied to us. Do you understand? They don't know any better. My mom used to tell me on Good Friday, hey, be careful. Don't use a hammer. Why? Every time you use the hammer, I got hit on my, I told you, Jesus got you. Uh, you know, so I, I started believing that on Good Fridays, I couldn't eat red meat. I, could, I started believing things that are not true because that's what my parents taught me. Do you understand? That was a religious mindset, but I needed now that I'm more mature than I'm an adult. That I have a wife, I have kids, I have to learn truth. Because I realized I was even lied to in my own home. So I have to know the truth. Maybe the truth that I receive can set my parents free. Do you understand? I mean, then he tell Abraham, hey, leave your household and go. Let me prepare you, I'll bring you back and you can save them. No, Lord, I must take them first. Hey, I need to prepare you. While you're with them, you're not going to learn. You're going to keep adapting. That's why God, you see through the life of Abraham, he told him, offer your kid. Why? Because he's from Ur of the Chaldees. Babel. Babylon. Modern Iraq. Oh, you guys didn't hear me. So he's saying, I got to break these customs in this kid. He's dragging the residues of his past life. I need you to let go the preceding and let's go to the proceeding. He told him, offer your kid. Why? That's a proceeding word. Now, offer him, go offer him. He's telling him, what well, you think is proceeding. It's not proceeding, it's preceding. That's why when he went like that, Abraham said, hey, stop. You see, that's preceding. Something new I have for you. Don't kill your son. Are you guys hearing me? God wants to change things in our lives. He's a good father. So he breaks things in our lives as we walk along the way. And sometimes we think, this is who I am. And God said, that's what you think you are. While you walk delete delete <laughs> do you understand and you're saying i you look back and anyway so anyway the word i want to talk about this letter this letter is interesting it's the 22nd letter of the hebrew alphabet is the letter tav tav means this just so you can have a little idea to seal or the impression of truth to seal but then it says or the impression of truth. That's very important. Now, this letter is interesting because it's a 
22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. This, this is powerful. This is very powerful. But inside this letter, we find two, a letter, and we find a name. And you say, what do you mean, Pastor, you find a letter and a name? Yeah. We didn't have time. I didn't have time to send it to Rod so he can put it on the screen so you guys can see it. But it's the letter Tav in the Hebrew. That letter Tav has a letter, which is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It's the letter Jude. Y-U-D or Y-O-D. It reveals a hand, like getting a hold of something. Oh, you ain't hearing me. But this letter is in each of every letter in the Hebrew alphabet, in all 22nd letters. You have the letter Jude. Now, let me just break down the letter Jude quickly. Just pay attention. I got to fly through this because of the time. The letter Jude is interesting because it's in the Bible in every one of the Hebrew alphabet, in every letter. However, that letter, you can only see the, the power of the pult in, in the, this letter by searching it in the context of where it appears. I'll give an example. The Bible says that God gave to Abraham his wife Sarai. Abraham was not called Abraham. His name was Abram. Abram means an exalted father. In other words, I do it my way. He's not a father of multitude. He's an exalted father. You read 1 Peter chapter 3, you realize why he told Sarai, or Peter quotes the life of Sarai and say, if you submit under fear. What do you mean submit under fear? Yeah, because you fear the man because he was prideful. I know you don't want to hear that because we haven't heard stuff like this. This is very powerful. However, Abraham, an exalted father, now has a wife. And this wife that you see took Abraham to the place where he became Abraham. How we know this? This is important. Follow me. When Abraham's name was changed was in chapter 17 of Genesis. God added a letter from his name, the Ruah, and he became Abraham. Now he became the father of multitude. The question is why God decided now to add a letter to his name. Because he had a wife called Sarai. Sarai, a letter was deleted from her name. The letter was, that was deleted from her name is the letter Jude, which is the 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. You got to hear this. God changes her name by deleting a letter and adding the letter to someone else's name. And we can see the potent or the power the authority in the letter by seeing what that person accomplished after the letter was added that changed his name totally. Can I get numbers 13, 16 quick on the screen, please? Just to, so you guys can see it. This is quick. We're going to write through this quick. I'm just trying to... Numbers 13, 16. Can you read it? Let's read it out loud. And Moses called who? Hosea. The son of Nun, Joshua. Oh, so his name was Hosea. Yeah. Why he became Joshua? Because I added the letter that I took from Sarai so he can take the people into the promised land. Did you see it? Moses couldn't take the people to the promised land, but Joshua did. Now Hosea, Joshua. Because he took that same letter and added it to his name. By adding the letter 
Jew to his name, he took the people to the promised land. What does that reveal, Pastor Ernie? That Abraham became Abraham because he had a woman that pushed him to get there. If not, he would have stayed as Abram. He became a father of multitude because now a woman that was next. I'm just trying. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm just revealing through scripture the power of one letter. The 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It appears in the name of Jehovah. It appears in the name. Every name of God has that letter. Just so you know. Ain't that powerful? So now inside the letter Tav, you have in the tip the little Jude. Now, the letter Tav originally means this. Follow me. This is quick. First, it has a numerical value of 400. 400 years in slavery. I'm getting you out. The year 22. I don't want you to delay, Moses. Don't try to prove a point, man. Just surrender, man. Let me just do it through you. Just be the vessel. Don't try to prove a point. Let me just do it through you, man. No, I got to reveal to them that I'm the deliverer. No, you're not. You're just a tool. I'm the deliverer. Then we have the letter. It's not a letter. But within the letter, there's the name Dan. Dan, D-A-N. The fifth, say five. Grace. The fifth letter, I mean the fifth tribe of Israel. And what's sad about this tribe, man, it was the least considered. Watch this. The least considered because it wasn't, Dan wasn't born by Rachel or Leah. But the maidservant gave birth to Dan. Rachel said, listen, I know probably the Lord has stopped me from this. What do you think? Jacob said, yeah, you're right. Of course. Let me get into your slave here, your, your maiden. And, you know, maybe you can raise up her child. So he laid up with Billa. Billa means in the Hebrew, troubled, worried. She gave birth to Dan. Dan... God prophesies. God prophesied in Genesis. We just read it. What he said? I will judge. I want you to hear this. I will judge. God said in Genesis 15. Didn't he say that? We read it. I said, remember the word. That word is the word deem in the Hebrew. Which means to execute justice. To execute prosperity. God said, I will execute justice and prosperity. Follow me. This is important. And I know I'm going in slow motion, but it's so important that I need you to get a hold of it. You need to get a hold of it and take it to your heart. Watch this. I got 10 minutes to break this down, so hold on. Seatbelt, we're going to ride right through this. This is important. Tough means. I told you it means seal or the impression of truth the word jude means the world to come in its fullness all this is added inside the letter tav and dan means to execute truth erasing the impression 
being the last tribe, Dan, within the 22, 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet, God, because it was considered the least, was also established behind the rest of the tribes when they were leaving Egypt. Say grace. grace. The fifth, grace. The message of grace will erase the impression of what you lost. That way when you look back, you don't see it no more. It doesn't grieve your soul that I used to be. Forget what you used to be and see what God is taking you now to be. We keep believing, no, I was. Forget about what you was. I used to own, I used to have. Hey, listen, I even hate testifying of my past life. Because it doesn't matter to me anymore. Because I would never change or exchange what I have, what I possess today through the knowledge of truth. He's given me for the past that I used to have. And it was a big past with a lot of stuff, a lot of toys. Get this quick. Got to wrap it up. It's time to do. It says up here 1202. Are we right? Something's wrong here. Two minutes, man. Give me two minutes. I got to wrap this up. So this is important. Listen, listen, listen to this verse. I'm just going to read a verse and we'll wrap it up. We don't have time to finish this. We'll just probably, if we have time, we'll share it next week. We'll continue next week. But I want to show you something that I think is very powerful. And I won't quote the rest of this. Just one scripture that I think is powerful. And I'll wrap it up with this verse. Numbers 10.25 says, And the standard of the group of the camp that was the children of Dan set forward, which was the rear word, rear word, in other words, back guard in the Hebrew, gathered, it means to gather for any purpose, receive, take away, restore, recover the things that were lost. This is what God's doing. I just want you to understand this. God is raising up today a people, this year, a people that are unknown, that are in caves, that no one knows, that just sits in the church, have been sitting for years in the church, and nobody recognized them. And God is going to strengthen those people supernaturally to erase the impression of those that once were. That are still suffering and can't get to the promised land on their way there because they keep looking back. And they don't realize that by looking back, you have an impression of everything you owned in the past. God is erasing that through this tribe called Dan. The fifth tribe, grace. He's going to use the message of grace to erase the impression of what you lost. So you can enter into a place of rest. That you can exercise your authority and now receive more than what you once possessed. That's what God's doing today with us, especially with this part of the congregation, the English congregation. That's why the message is for you, for us. So we know because some of you are just sitting and you're probably wondering why I haven't rose up. That's okay. I'm taking you somewhere. The time will come this year where you'll look back and say, it's gone. Why? Because I've given you a message of grace that's erasing the impression of what you once possessed. That has caused grief for many years and you haven't been able to enter because you haven't been listening to the right thing. Now you're listening to the right thing. I'm taking you somewhere. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus, and we thank you. We bless you and we thank you.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. While they play a little bit, I just want to make sure to recognize those that are visiting us for the first time that never confess the Lord. If there's anybody here that don't know Jesus, that you just finally, you came today and you say, you know what, I'm going to go visit this guy. I want to see what's up. I want to test the waters, man. I've never been to Alpha and Omega. Let me go and see what's up. I think God spoke to you. I really think God really spoke to you. And those that are listening through the internet, those that are connected through Facebook and YouTube, I believe God even spoke to them. If God spoke to you today, we're going to give God with a grateful heart. So take just a minute to dig into that pocket. Don't let it speak to you now. Remember, the offering is the first thing in the Bible that cries out. Isaac told his dad Abraham, Lord, we have everything for the sacrifice. But where's the offering? Don't let us speak to you. Let's give God with a giving heart. So if you need an envelope, raise your hands. The ushers are going to go by and serve you an envelope. And then let's give God with thanksgiving. Quickly, raise your hands if you need an envelope. And as soon as they're done, I'm going to just ask the ushers to go ahead and and serve the people by picking up the offerings. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. Just bless them in your heart. While we pick up our offerings, just bless them in your heart. And just thank them for speaking into our lives. Just thank them. He's so awesome. He is so awesome. This year is a year where God is erasing the impression, erasing to recover what was lost. He's going to erase to recover. Did you know what Dan did? He gave back to the people the things that they lost. They were dropping while they were moving forth to the promised land. He picked them up and walked up and said, here, this is for you. What's that? You dropped it. Oh, you didn't know what you had dropped. God is going to restore the lost. This is your year. Say amen. Receive it. Say it. This is my year. God is restoring by erasing. He's going to restore by erasing because as long as we have memory of the past, He can't restore. He'll erase and then restore. When you look back, you say, oh, those are not my footprints. No, that was Dan. Grace that was behind you, following you all along the way to tell you, here, you have it. I didn't have to give it to you. You dropped it. But you know what? Grace gives back. What the law has taken and stolen from you, grace will restore it. A hundredfold. Just receive this.